In today's episode, I'm speaking with Anais Buck, leadership coach, author of The Bullshit Monsters, entrepreneur, and an extraordinary speaker who opened the Purpose Conference at the Big and Growing Festival in 2019. With her work, Anais has been driving the transformation of the workplace ever since 2011, when she left her full-time job to become a self-employed brand and image consultant. Ever since she has been working with international customers from Egypt to New York, helping women entrepreneurs use their presence to stand out and courageously earn money with whatever they wanted, to put it in her words. Anais has a Master of Science in Organizational Behavior from the Birkbeck University of London and a long track record of research and corporate customers who she helped identify a purpose for their business, create a healthy and diverse environment, and what needs to shift to enable teams to increase the overlap between happiness and effectiveness. This helped her create the four-part purpose diagram and recently the Bullshit Monsters Method. For the big and growing audience today, Anais explains how she transformed a major external crisis into more purpose, fun and new business twice. Listen to the conversation to learn more about her book Bullshit Monsters first before it comes out in July and also about what is making her confident that the Bullshit Monsters method is exactly what organizations need for a sustainable culture transformation. This is your Make Purpose Work host, Tina Ruseva. Welcome to Make Purpose Work, the big and growing new work podcast. Your place to meet organizational leaders, learn how technology is changing work, and what you can personally do to make purpose work. Welcome to the show, Anais. It's such a pleasure to have you here today. Yes, Tina, thank you so much for having me. It's such a pleasure to reconnect with you and be here. Do you remember how we met the first time at Toastmasters in the Effective Communicators Club in Munich? I do. And I remember seeing you and thinking, wow, that woman has good vibes. <laughs> like you just exude, you just exude so much happiness and uh, it's contagious and that hasn't changed over the years. So. Oh, that's, that's lovely. Lovely thing to say. Exactly what I felt when I saw you, you had a beautiful red dress on and the lipstick and the way you speak and think. I was just, you know, Ah, <laughs> no, but uh, for our audience and also for me, um, can you walk us through the most important milestones on your journey to where you are now as a founder of the Bullshit Monsters? You're about to publish your own first book. You have published already the Bullshit Monsters card set online. You made use of the crisis. You're a beloved speaker. I know that um, after the conference, uh, many, many people reached out to you and invited you to speak at their corporate events. Can you walk us through the most important milestones of your becoming and why you're doing what you're doing with so much elan in German, mm. uh, with so much mm. uh, power and with so much commitment? Wow, thank you so much. I could just listen to you for hours. Um, the way you put things is really beautiful. So I became self-employed in 2011. And um, this was very much um, born out of necessity because back then I was living in Egypt and um, it was the, the Arab Spring and I'd lost my then job uh, and was offered an, another one in a different country but wanted to stay. And I thought, you know what, this, this 
external revolution is actually an opportunity for me um, to listen to the inner voice that didn't want to shut up about the fact that a different business reality has to be possible. Um, because I was very tired of five-star smiles and high heels and working very, very long hours. So um, I think in the beginning, I was very motivated by rage, kind of like a different reality is possible. Um, and when I became self-employed, I focused mostly on brand strategy and communication strategy for entrepreneurs. And this was amazing because I learned the ropes one-on-one. -on -one. Um, I think my next transition was my move to Munich and therefore taking my business online in 2012. Um, so I quickly learned how to coach online, how to create this authentic deep vibe online. Um, then I scaled that to, to a point where I was, where people were paying me 10K to work with me for a year. Um, and then I would say the next milestone was the purpose diagram that was published and that went viral. Um, in the world. So those four overlapping circles of what you love, what you're good at, what the world needs and what you can be paid for. And I must say that I hid behind the sofa when this happened. Um, I didn't dare to step up and tell people that the way this was intended wasn't as a destination, but as a state. And then uh, the way I was using the diagram was by identifying what stops you from being in that state. So this is um, also around the time when I began using bullshit monsters in my business. So mm -hmm. I've been using bullshit monsters for many, many years, but only recently after a few moves from Munich to Berlin, a few heartbreaks, a few shifts into corporate later, um, that I am bringing out bullshit monsters as a set for anyone to use. So, so you mentioned that... Um... It has been a journey and it all started from a major transformation that was caused by external factors. I have to think about Corona. I mean, we are into this right now. So it's inevitable to, to think about it. How, how, what difference does it make and um, how it influences a career life? That's a great question. I actually haven't considered this, uh, this parallel, but there, there definitely is one. So um, the way it impacted my life personally was, first of all, the hotel I was working in, a five-star hotel, part of the opening team of a five-star hotel back then, was closed. So this is an immediate um, circumstance that is obviously also affecting people in Corona. Hotels are closed. <laughs> I no longer work in hotels, but this is, it's just um, a sign, a very clear circumstantial sign that business as usual is no longer possible. And I think what this creates in people is an openness to consider the unconventional thoughts that they have been ignoring for a very long time. Actually so oppressing, anything, energetically yeah. oppressing. Yes, yes, absolutely. And this is precisely the, the resistance, the fear that I speak about in Bullshit Monsters. This is exactly it. We all have fears and worries and a collection of self-sabotage and social cultural nonsense we've learned during our upbringing about what good work looks like and we carry that with us and so crises on the outside are good in the sense that they help us get rid of a lot of that rubbish very very fast or even force us to become um, more creative in our approaches this was the probably in your personal case also the case so what did it force you to do that you hadn't dared doing before that 
I would have considered becoming self-employed at age 23. I would have probably uh, kept staying on the career ladder, thinking that a better time to jump off would be a time when I have more experience and more money, etc. But having this, um, this change on the outside made me think, well, you know, I may as well give it a try now. If I fall flat on my face, I'm still young and nothing's wrong. So for, so for me, um, that, that caused that shift in my thinking. Mm -hmm. It was either I climb the career ladder now and jump off later, or I do it straight away. Mm -hmm. And so I took the leap. Mm -hmm. One thing that really helped me have quite a fast jump uh, into business was my willingness to show up with what I had at that moment. So I, I led my very first workshop a year, uh, oh, not a year, a week after coming back from my image and branding certification from the London Image Institute. And it was absolutely imperfect. Uh, I remember that the, the title was misspelled on the invitations and uh, it was all a disaster. But my willingness to do it anyway, my willingness to show up on even the smallest of stages in cultural centers, but later on bigger stages at universities and uh, women entrepreneurs networking events was what what really gave me very early experience. Um, and I think that is instrumental. I don't think I would have thought, oh, uh, I'm going to have international clients. This is my plan. But it was simply the move out of Egypt and into Germany and still having people in Egypt interested in working with me that made me think, how can I make this happen? So that's how I got into online business. And because I got into online business, I thought, well, if I'm working, if I'm sitting in Germany, working with people in, in Cairo or sit, who are sitting by the Red Sea, um, I may as well work with clients in the United States or in the UK. And um, so it was never a plan that I perfectly connected and then put into practice, but rather a succession of steps that led me to where I am now. Mm -hmm. And through the conversations with your clients and the experience you collected with the years, you at some point decided you need to make the purpose framework or how did that come about? Um, it was everything in my business has always been pretty much self-therapy based. Mm -hmm. So I never came up with something because I wanted to be known for it. Um, I always came up with stuff that I could use. And so, for instance, the what the predecessor of the purpose diagram were bullshit monsters. I remember very early on in my business um, having this image of what an expert would look like and picturing a middle-aged white man with a long white beard and 30 years of experience and thinking that's what an expert looks like. And then realizing, oh my goodness, I can never be that. I can <laughs> never be a middle-aged white man with a long beard and 30 years of experience. So the 30 years of experience, yes, but this is a guru bullshit monster. And so this is how I coined bullshit monsters for the first time and began collecting them First, for myself, I had a giant honey jar standing on my shelf with my own bullshit monsters that I would review whenever they came up or whenever I was planning something, whenever I was making business decisions. Um, and I very soon shared them with my customers. And this is how that honey jar began filling up. So I had one for myself and one for my clients. And before long, I had hundreds of bullshit monsters. And this is when I came up with the purpose diagram. 
because I realized that certain types of bullshit monsters were showing up for people in certain types of situations. And this is how the purpose diagram came to be. What you love, what you're good at, what the world needs, what you can be paid for. It isn't my invention. So it was based on a succession of other people's um, work. And there were three circles. And then there was a high school uh, teacher who did something called My Bliss. And then I, I added purpose into the center and began working with it and attributed certain resistance patterns or bullshit monsters to each phase of the diagram. Amazing. Well, it, as they say in science, if we've come so far, it's by standing on the shoulders of giants. I truly believe everything has its role because it is by the failures and learnings and advances of the others, how we are enabled to, you know, also st step up our own knowledge and um, our own uh, insights. I couldn't agree more. Yeah, and learning from others is one way to improve. Another is to look inside yourself and specifically your personal fears. Are the bullshit monsters just another name for limiting beliefs? The reason I don't use simply limiting beliefs is um, because there are a few other things that play in. Yes, limiting beliefs are a part of it. Um, would you call imposter syndrome can be called a limiting belief? Is perfectionism a limiting belief? This is where we we come to um, to the edge of what limiting beliefs mean. Sometimes it's very real circumstances and fears, and you can no longer label them as limiting beliefs. And other times, it's it's notions that feel very real about how business works. This is how you do things. So the reason I don't use limiting beliefs is because the person who has the limiting beliefs doesn't think they are one. They see them as a reality. Um, so. I use the term bullshit because it's a playful one and calling bullshit is something that is brutally honest and fun at the same time. So it allows you to not take yourself so seriously. Whereas the term resistance, limiting belief, um, inner, the inner team, mm -hmm. it sounds scientific. A lot of people have been researching imposter syndrome lately and um, I've heard a lot of people use it as almost the way you would an, a disease, right? Oh, I have imposter syndrome. I cannot do this. So it doesn't sound like something you can work with. Whereas we all know um, how it is when your friend is saying something and you simply say bullshit, you know, and then that makes you stop your, you stop in your tracks and consider whether what you said is true. Mm -hmm. So the personification of these fears, worries, limiting beliefs, resistance, notions around about business as bullshit monsters helps us deal with them in fun, whimsical ways. So if you picture your perfectionism as a little monster that's sitting on your shoulder, then you're less likely to judge yourself for it. So normally, if I say perfectionism, then I say, oh, here I am again being so perfectionist and not hitting publish on this blog post because it's just not good enough. Whereas if it's a monster, I can say, oh, here we go. Penelope Perfect is sitting on my shoulder again. What does she have to say? And what am I going to do anyway? So what happened, the way this um, project came to life was that I was booked out with leadership gigs through from, from February through August. Um, and then Corona came and absolutely everything got canceled. I'm, I'm not talking a little bit or a half. I'm talking everything. I had... Um, a road tour with a five-star hotel planned for leadership training. And obviously 
um, that didn't happen. Two of my biggest clients actually went bankrupt. And so my schedule was completely cleared from being totally full to being totally empty. And then I thought, okay, two options. Either I'm going to try and pivot to how to survive home office, which is something that is obviously um, a challenge you know, sought, in itself. <laughs> a challenge in itself and sought by by a lot of uh, businesses. And I know a lot of um, fellow leadership trainers who who pivot there, um, which is fabulous. Or I could work with this old method that has always been a part of my business um, and somehow bring it to life in a way that people can really interact with it. So this is how the idea was born. And I think a week later I had the video for my crowdfunding campaign up and it's homemade in my living room completely imperfectly um, and it's it's been receiving a lot of attention so um, we have a few big big media wins mm-hmm. and features coming up the um, card deck and the book come together and they're going to be published together in July and we're currently in a crowdfunding campaign so anyone who's interested can head to bullshitmonsters.com and check it out um, so I have uh, partnered with a fabulous illustrator who is illustrating these monsters and bringing them to life visually. And I am delighted. She's from Munich, by the way, Eva Kado. Um, I'm delighted to be working with her. Amazing. How many bullshit monsters do you have in the final card deck? It's 64. So it's 64 science-based mental booby traps on the road to success. <laughs> How did you approach this did you go with your gut feeling or how did you do it? I did a template analysis. So basically what uh, what this means is that whenever I um, worked with people, I asked certain things. I asked, um, when does it show up? Um, what does it say? What does it want? What does it lead you to do? And then obviously we had some sort of intervention coaching call or ideation session where we thought about what they could do and what would help against or with to, to help with that monster. Um, so this is the information I had from each person. And what I did was basically add tags to each of these um, data um, points. Mm-hmm. So I would say, okay, this one is full on aggressive. And this one is a lethal softy who sounds really, really nice, but actually has the same terrible effect um, as someone else. This one is a procrastinator. This one is an if then monster. If you do this, then that will happen. Um, this one is a scenario painter. If uh, that, that tells you all the terrible things that are likely to happen if you move forward. So I simply identified, let's say types of monsters or tags and then, um, and then I would put all the perfectionist monsters together, all the different procrastinators together. And then underneath that, I saw, okay, out of the procrastinators, for instance, I was completely surprised by the fact that a big procrastinator shows up, that shows up is one that has you clean the apartment. It shows up for so many people. So that's why this, this bullshit monster may not have made the list if it had been just my gut feeling. Um, but because so many people said it shows up for them, we now have the urgent duster as part of um, <laughs> the bullshit monsters. And it looks a little bit like a super burned out version of the duster from Beauty and the Beast. And it's basically an, uh, a bullshit monster that has you cleaning your bathroom with a toothbrush rather than doing your work. Yeah. And so um, this is the reason this particular monster made it into the set and a lot of other ones too. This is amazing. And I really love the playful approach of it the most. Um, mm. 
As you mentioned, the imposter syndrome is a major bullshit monster several times um, now. Um, I know it's a big topic, especially in the developed Western economies. Every time when we start mm -hmm. to, you know, visualize and play with words, even just giving a purpose or a team goal, a metaphor, sometimes is way too playful to uh, bear for the corporate context, mm -hmm. especially. Um, during this process, did you did you face your own bullshit monsters and what made you trust yourself that you have to go with those playful illustrations and with those really uh, creative naming of the bullshit monsters and with the bullshit monster title itself uh this is a big one and this is this has been a source of my own bullshit as well absolutely um what i did was that in the past especially working with fortune 500 companies and big corporates I would come in with, you know, my certifications. I have a master of science in organizational behavior. I can do this neurological approach for personality assessment. So this is what I always led with, those credibility markers. And then the whimsical pieces, I would always keep kind of undercover. So when my corporate clients were already in love with me, this is when I'd be like, so there's this concept called bullshit monsters. Are you willing to give it a try? And to be honest, they all loved it. They all found it super refreshing. And I think this is what... Um, led me to believe that it's not just needed, but that um, this whimsy, this hilariousness is precisely what is important for this tool. Because guess what? Our own self-sabotage isn't something we look forward to. We don't say, oh, great, I finished work at 5 p.m. Let me work on my self-sabotage and my resistance. This is going to be so fun. So part of the reason why we don't get over it is because it's so darn hard. So how can I bring whimsy into this thing that is actually really deep self-analysis for myself or for teams. And so this is what led me to um, believe in bullshit monsters. And I think also part of the reason um, was after the, the Purpose Conference, I, I stood, uh, stood on stage at um, the Big and Growing uh, Conference and said bullshit in front of this entire crew. And there were a lot of corporate leaders in there. And the fact that afterwards, these people came to me and wanted me to speak in front of their large corporate audiences. I think that has been one of the reasons why I dare to call this card deck bullshit monsters, what it is, call it what it is, name it what it is, because ultimately, that's what these monster monsters are trying to teach you, right? to do what you care about, name the things that you perceive and go for it, not without your bullshit, but despite your bullshit. And this is how you make purpose work. It will be awesome. I can't wait to hold it in my hands. Everyone at home, please make sure you support the campaign of Anais. Anais, it was so lovely to have you here. Thank you very much for coming. For our listeners, what is the best way to contact you? What are your most preferred channels? Mm, I love this question. As to people interested, well, anything, um, if you're interested in Bullshit Monsters, go to bullshitmonsters.com. If you're interested in the rest of my work, go to letsworkmagic.com. You can see some some stuff I've done in the past. Um, there's a purpose test on my site that also, also introduces a few bullshit monsters that um, come up depending where you are on the diagram. Um, I am very interested in being contacted about anything relating to bullshit monsters, whether it is that you can't figure out what yours is, um, whether you'd like to feature bullshit monsters on your podcast or blog or in the media, that is what I am currently looking to do. 
Um, in that case, uh, my preferred channels are either Instagram, you can find me under at Let's Work Magic, or just plain old email. And my email address is hello at letsworkmagic.com. So simply talk to me. Um, and maybe good to know, since I know your audience is full of amazing speakers, trainers, um, if you are interested in the methodology, uh, I already have a waiting list for a certification program um, to become a bullshit monster trainer. And that's likely going to happen either end of this year or early next year. But the waiting list is already up and I'm very, very excited to, to share um, this work for people to integrate it within their existing work. Amazing. Thank you for being our guest, Anais. And we are looking forward to the launch of your book. Good luck. Thank you so much for having me. This has been amazing. This was your weekly dose of Make Purpose Work. Tune in next week for more leaders and doers and shakers from the world of new work and purpose-driven entrepreneurship. My name is Tina. See you next week. Yeah.